welcome to the Enhanced Living Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Kruger. I believe that we all have within us the power to be everything that we are meant to be and so much more. This show is a weekly dose of practical and spiritual principles, strategies, tips, and ideas to help you grow into the best version of yourself. Here's to becoming exactly who you were meant to become. I've been called a human Swiss army knife because I'm a TV host, inspirational speaker and coach, live event MC and DJ, certified yoga and Ayurveda teacher, functional fitness enthusiast, author, husband, and dad with a voracious appetite for knowledge. And I'll be sharing real talks with successful people from all walks of life, spiritual teachers and masters and experts in many different fields. I'll also share my own perspective that I've gained from over 20 years of diligent meditation and spiritual work so we can all experience enhanced living. Are you ready to evolve? Let's do this. Welcome back. So first of all, I'm so excited for today because it's it's not often that you get to interview someone who is affecting change in other people's lives, but has also affected change in your own life. So before I bring him on the show right now, I do want to actually read this introduction because I think it's I think it's important. Jake Ballantyne is the founder of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network. It's a thriving community of nearly 9,000 aspiring and experienced message-driven entrepreneurs from all over the globe, of which I am a part. <laughs> now, he is an award-winning motivational speaker and success coach who has presented at over 500 events and is the author of Your Number One Goal, a step-by-step guide to reach any goal of any size. When he's not working, he enjoys having fun in the outdoors, going to Disneyland and spending time with his wife, Caitlin, and his three-year-old son, Jacob, which, by the way, is a brilliant name for a son and a person because that's also my son's name. And so without further ado, Jake, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's, it's so great to have you here. Uh, it's such a pleasure, Adam. Thank you for asking me to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's so fun because, you know, we've been working together now for a couple months and... I, I'm just, I'm always so inspired by your energy levels, your commitment to other people's success, and, and honestly, your approach to all the things that you do. So talk to me, how did you get into this place and how is the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Network born? Okay, so that, that actually is a little bit of a challenging question to, to answer because it goes back a long way. It's not a simple like, oh, I just had this idea and here's what happened. So I need to go back and I'll try to get through this as quick as I can because <laughs> it's a little bit of a long and windy road. But if I go back to when I was in college, my dream was to be a professional musician and I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that in a way that was making a positive impact on the world. I wanted to use music as a tool to make a a positive impact on the world. And so I actually, I dropped out of college for a while and started performing music full time. And I was always good at, at communication. I was good at, at marketing. I was good at connecting with people. So I have lots of music friend, musician friends who are far more talented than I was, but I was actually able to make a living doing it. But after a couple of years of doing that, I, I thought it was a means to an end like me performing in these kind of dingy places means to get to where I want to be. But after a couple years of pursuing this and doing this full time, I just got tired of entertaining drunk people because that's pretty much all it was. I was, I was being paid to entertain drunk people and I wasn't really fulfilling that, that mission of using music to make a positive difference. So I went back to school and I decided that I was going to go and get, uh, well, so I, I got my degree, my bachelor's degree in psychology, but at the time I was planning on going and getting a master's degree in counseling. And that's what I was going to do. But I just had this idea. I was like, well, you know, a couple of guys came to my high school and did these assembly programs. I thought that was really cool, but I didn't know it was a career. I didn't know it was a business. I didn't know anything about it. I just thought I could do that as like a volunteer thing. So I created this program that was a mix of music and motivational speaking because I still wanted, I didn't want to drop that, that goal of using this powerful tool to make a difference. So I started, I created this, this program that was a mix of speaking and music. It was probably like 25% music, 75% speaking. And I got really excited about it. So I started volunteering at different schools, got a couple of them under my belt. And then eventually someone asked the question, what do you charge for this? And I went, wait, what? Like, I, I thought I was just volunteering for this. I didn't know that this was like a thing. And so, of course, I Googled it to find out like what, what was like what other I didn't know other people were doing it, but I figured it would be on there somewhere. 
And I found some people who were really successful at this, that were doing assembly programs and making real businesses out of it. And long story short, I I found a really great mentor, invested in a coaching program and learned everything I could about it. I decided I was going to go all in on this. I did not go and get that master's in counseling like I was planning. I went all in and that took me all over the country, uh, hired in 43 states, speaking at hundreds and hundreds of these events. I spoke to somewhere between 250,000 and 300,000 teenagers in live settings. And I just had an absolute blast doing it. But as life evolved and as, as my life and my career and my passions evolved, you know, I started getting more into working with adults and working with coaching adults, speaking at events that are corporate events, association events, personal development seminars, those kind of things. And uh, really a, a big part of it was I decided I wanted to get off the road after my wife was pregnant. Once my wife was pregnant with our, with, well, it's our only, but with our, with, with our son. I just said, okay, I got to get off the road. Like what, what could I do? But by this time created a successful speaking business in multiple markets. I had created a successful coaching business that I was already doing, um, not coaching just on business stuff, but on, on more personal development kind of things. And he started thinking, well, what could I do that could really sustain me without needing to be on the road so much? And I just, it became so obvious to me that there were you know, I, I got emails constantly. I got emails all the time from people saying, Jake, how have you done this? How have you built a career out of sharing your message? And so I thought, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it will all work, but I decided I'm going to create this free Facebook group and I'm just going to give away all, all of my content. I'm just going to, I'm just going to have it be a place where I can just share all of this stuff. And honestly, at the time, what I thought was that it would help me build the other side of the business. Cause I had a coaching and seminar business that was more just purely personal development. I thought, well, people will learn from me here, but then they'll come over here. And that, that was the thought at the beginning, but then it just, it just became, it, it created this life of its own it created this life of its own. It, it grew and grew to a level that I, I didn't even feel like I had control over the growth. And I think that was because I really focused on community and I really focused on creating real connections between people and it just started growing and, and clients came from it pretty easily because I was focusing on just giving and creating that, that real value and connection. And then from there, I just decided, okay, like not only is this working, but I'm, I'm loving it. And I love the connection with people. I love the type of people that I'm working with. I love seeing the, the experiences and seeing what happens and seeing what, what moves and grows. But it was all established on this idea of just giving and giving and giving without expectation. So much came in return. And so, you know, since then, I just doubled down on that concept, doubled down on that idea of give without expectation. And I just find the more that I give, the more that comes back to me. So I just keep going and keep going, um, which is giving and giving and giving. So it's grown from there to where, well, before our current times, we did live events at least once a quarter, you know, do, do all sorts of really cool things from it. Um, but that that's kind of the origin story of how it it came about and and why it came about. And I can say it's it's been probably the most fun I've ever had in my career, even as much fun as it was to go speak in front of you know thousands of teenagers that are just stoked to have you there. the 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 connection level and the friendships and the and the people I've met from all over the world doing incredible things. um it's really been an incredible experience. That's, I mean, first of all, that's amazing. There's, there's so much to unpack there because I actually see parallels between my own life as well. Absolutely. You, know, you, you, you started with music and then, and then kind of just, it morphed into speaking and coaching and doing all these amazing things. And I, I wonder, do you ever miss the music side of it? Or do you still, do you still perform? Because I know that, I know that you've moved everything online, but you did that before COVID hit. Right. I so I guess this is this is sort of like a two pronged question. One, do you miss the music? But two, what made you decide to do the shift to online only? Was that getting off the road? It was it was really the necessity of trying to want not trying to, but wanting to and choosing to be with your family full time. Right. Totally. So, OK, well, I'll answer both those questions. Yes, sometimes I do miss performing music. I don't perform very often anymore, especially because I'm not I'm not doing as much live. I mean, even in my personal development and business seminars, I, I, it's not uncommon for me to bring a guitar and do a song here and there because it's just, people want to be entertained. You know, people want to be entertained and you can bring people together and it's such a powerful tool. So 
I guess to be honest, before before COVID hit, I didn't really miss performing very much because I still did it. Just it wasn't the main event of what I was doing. Um, I still play. I still perform. I, I perform quite often. One of my goals for 2021 is to release an release an album for the first time in like seven years. And you know, so that's something I'm you know a side project. It's something I'm doing because it's something I love, and I'll never not love it. It's something that I'll I'll always love. So. Yeah, sometimes I do really miss that, but that actually has more to do with COVID than actually the business change because I still would bring it and do things because it's such a powerful way of bringing people together, right? You can you can bring people together in such a powerful way when you introduce something like music. And I, I use it as an analogy. Like when I was speaking to youth full-time, when I say full-time, I still will do a couple youth events. Well, prior to COVID, like once again, I'm not doing a lot of that right now, but prior to this over the last several years, I'd still do, you know, throughout the school year, maybe one every month or, or maybe every other month, you know, so still doing them. I just don't market anymore. And if they, if they come to me, great, because I have all these contacts from the past and it's still a blast, but one of the things, and, and I'll, I'll stop on this and then get into the second question so we can unpack what I'm saying here. And then we'll go to that second one. Uh, after we talk for a second, but when speaking at at these youth events, the way that I I, I used it, I talk about confidence, and and I actually told the teachers beforehand. I put a, a a memo that I asked the the principal to send out to the teachers, saying that I'm going to encourage the kids to sing along with me, but don't participate in trying to encourage them to sing along, because what ends up happening is. You start doing, hey, I want everyone to do this part and to do that part. And it doesn't quite go at first because people are, the kids are nervous. They're, they're afraid to do it. And then some teacher who's well-meaning gets up, stands up, says, oh, come on, come and do it. All of a sudden, it's not cool at all. It's not even remotely cool because the teacher is telling her to do it. But I actually wanted it to fall flat the first time. It's, it was my goal that it fell flat. I wanted it to fall flat the first song because... Then I'm able to go into the story about why we're nervous to do things in front of people. You know, I'd say, hey, well, hey, how many of you like to sing when you're alone? How many like to sing along to the radio or sing along, you know, sing along to the stereo, sing in the shower, you know, do those kind of, how many of you like to do that? And tons of people raise their hand. Great. How many of you were nervous to sing along when I asked you to sing along or when I'm not doing that? And, and I'd ask them, I said, why? Why were you nervous to do that? And they're like, well, I don't know what they're going to think or what this person's going to think, or, or maybe it's not cool for me to step up and for me to do this. And then I share this story about how, you know, one time in a, a talent show, I completely lost my place in the middle of a song, even though I performed this song hundreds of times, I practiced it hundreds of times, but in front of that audience, I got nervous. I lost my place. And then I stopped and just train wrecked, right? Just complete train wreck. But the only thing that was different was there was people in front of me. You know, the mechanics of me playing the guitar, singing the song, exactly the same, but it's only what's going on in here in our head because we're focusing on the people in front of us. And so I am able to bring out why, why are you nervous in front of people where you're not by yourself? And we were able to bring out some really powerful things where I'd let kids talk, you know, have a microphone runner and have them talk and they get to talk about why are they nervous? And okay, so this is an analogy for life. You know, you are so much better than you think you are, but so many of us hold ourselves back because of the fear of what other people will think about us. Now, by the end of that program, you know, by that last song, without fail, well, I'd say 99% of the time, by the end of that, every kid is not only singing along, but clapping along, standing, you know, like just this incredible experience because I took them through this emotional roller coaster where it wasn't about, it wasn't about, thinking I'm cool. It was by the end, them letting go of the pretense of needing to be cool. And then they would enjoy themselves and actually have this incredible experience. And I I like to bring the same thing into uh, seminars that I do with adults as well, because we're all just big kids. Everyone's just a big kid. And the, the fears that people have about their business, most of the time, when I get one on one with people, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, the things that are holding people back are the exact same things that held them back when they were 14 and 15. It might look a little bit different. Now it's about that 
family member or that old friend or whatever, but it's, it's, it's not that they're afraid to put their content out online. It's not that they're afraid for their, their potential customers to see it. It's that they're afraid for those people from other parts of their life to see it and judge them. And when they're afraid of failure, they're not afraid of their clients, not, not their potential clients, not wanting it. Cause that's easy. Well, I just change it, shift it, do it, whatever. They're afraid of what will those people think if it doesn't work? I don't want to be seen as someone who's a failure. And so we use the same kind of principles to get people out of their shell. So I like to use music, not only as like a powerful tool that's fun and enjoyable, but as a way to get people to analyze what's going, like, I, I love it when that first song is awkward. I want it to be awkward because it, it gives them an experience inside that when I ask them, why are you nervous in that situation? They're able to see, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a form of therapy because they're actually experiencing, like, why did I feel that way? Like two minutes ago, why did I feel that way two minutes ago? Instead of just some abstract thing, or if it goes perfect, I mean, honestly, if it goes perfect, I go, I, I don't know what to say now. I don't know what to say <laughs> now because it, it went great the first time. Anyway, that, well, let's talk about that for a second and then we'll yeah. go to the other question. I, I, no, I think that's okay. First of all, I think your, you know, your background in psychology obviously plays into this because understanding how people, how people's minds work, it's a lot easier to kind of, I don't, I don't want to use the word manipulate, but it's, it's a lot easier to help them get around the issues that they have. And it's so profound that you, you know, you're talking about how it's funny. I had the thought while you were sitting there, I'm like, well, that's the same thing that adults go through. And you, of course you touched on it. Of course you did. Cause you're the consummate professional, but you know, I wanted to, to add that, you know, so true. So many people, they, they stop themselves before going through with something, going through with their dreams, following whatever it is, that little whisper that, that they, that they wake up to like, Oh, you should do this. And they're like, but what would people think? That's literally the next thing on their, the very first thing on their mind after they hear the thought or they think the idea, what would people think? And it's the most limiting, destructive thought, I think, because there, well, there's two things I want to touch on. One, I mean, and I don't know if you've heard this before or if I've even said it to you before. I've said it on the show before. So for, for all my listeners, you've heard me say this. Every single person that you have in your life has a completely different a completely different image of you. They have a different conceptualization of who you are. No single, no two people in your life see you the same way. So that means that there are multiple versions of you in this world already because nobody can actually know you the way that you know you. And the question is, do you even know yourself, right? So as, as you know, I'm a huge proponent of meditation and that helps you get to know yourself. But it's it shouldn't matter what other people think because they already don't see the real you anyway. And if they love you, great. And if they don't love you, great. You have a message, you have a purpose that you need to bring to the world. And it just, I don't know, it just, it makes me so sad when people deprive the world of their special, whatever it is that they have to offer because they're worried about what other people think. And so I think it's just so phenomenal that, that you help people get around that. Well, when, when you're talking about that, it reminded me of a time that, that a friend of mine was just starting in the, you know, Hey, you know, I've seen what you've been doing. I want to do this. And, and, uh, he says, well, I want to start putting out content online, but you know, I've always been just kind of this guy. I've always been putting out this kind of stuff. And now I'm going to start putting out all this personal development stuff. And like, do you think that there's going to be people who are annoyed by it? Do you think there's going to be people who are, who judge me because of it? Like, do you think that's going to happen? And I think that he was, expecting me to say, no, nah, no, nah, it would be great. Like people or whatever. And, and I just said, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he was like, wait, what? Like, what, what are you like? Oh yeah. People will definitely judge you for it. Like, absolutely. They will definitely judge you for this. And he was like, totally <laughs> take it back that I said that. And I said, but that's the, po the, the point that you need to understand is one, they're going to judge you. No, they will judge you. So let go of the fear of that. Just know it's going to happen and say, do I care? Will it hold me back from what I actually want? Or will I go and do it and not care and just say, I'm moving forward no matter what. But then the other thing is realize they're already judging you now. They're already judging you now. So why not choose what they're going to judge you for? Why not choose the battle that you're, you're willing to be a part of and say, look, I, I'm willing to be judged for this. And I, I think that that's like, that's one of the things people often will say, like, 
to me. They'll be, they'll talk to me a lot about different things. They'll say like, I kind of want to start talking about this, but I'm afraid. Like, like they'll say like, oh, I want to start sharing my views on politics and be like, great, go for it. You're, you, but do you think that I'll lose a lot of uh, people? Oh yeah, definitely. You definitely will. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they're like, wait, what? Like, but they should I'm like, no, we don't get to choose the consequences to our actions. We get to choose what we are willing to stand up for. That's what we get to choose. Just yesterday, The Rock put out an, an endorsement for Joe Biden. He put that out on his on his uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. and the comments there was a lot of people upset about it, saying, "Well, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow." But the thing is, is he he gets to choose what he is willing to stand up for, and I think that's really what it comes down to: is everyone you will be judged for taking a stance. You will be judged for following your dreams. You will be judged for starting that business. You will do that. It's very freeing to accept that and say, oh, that's going to happen. So what am I willing to stand up for? And what am I not willing to stand up for? What am I willing to do no matter what the ramifications are? And right there, when we talk about how do you find your passion, you're going to find your passion by asking yourself that question. What am I willing to do no matter what the ramifications are, because it's the right thing, because it's something that I believe in, because it's something that matters to me. And in there, you're going to find things that are, I mean, you will discover so much about yourself by just asking yourself that question. What am I willing to stand up for no matter what the ramifications are? Now you know what you really care about. It's so true. I mean, you know, it r- reminds me of the of the saying or the phrase, you have to stand up for something or you'll fall for everything. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so, so it's about, it's about understanding that, you know, I don't remember who I was talking to about this, but they were saying like, well, but if I, if I, if I do this, I'm going to lose these followers or whatever. And I said, listen, if you try to please everybody, you, you, you end up nowhere. You literally have no opinions, right? Because, because anytime you have an opinion about something, there's going to be people who agree with you and there are going to be people who disagree with you. And there are going to be people who love you for, for it. And there are going to be people who hate you for it. And guess what? None of it's about you anyway. Yes. It's all about what they're going through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I saw this meme that said, uh, this explains social media. And it was a post where it said, uh, I mean, this is made up, like it wasn't real, but the, the, the post said, I love apples. And then the comments were, but what about mangoes? And the next one was like, but what about bananas? And then the next one was like, well, why would you fail to mention oranges? And it goes through all these different things. And it's like, what, what is going on here? Why are these people wanting to have a fight? Like, but the thing is, is that like, that all has to do with what they're going through right now. And all that matters is who you're actually doing it for. Like the people that you actually want to serve, like that's what matters. That's what matters. And I I can say that doing the exercises I was talking about in, in live events with, with adults, with people who want to go out and make a difference We'll do a very similar thing like I've done with the with the youth audiences, but then we'll get into, okay, now not only are you, do you sometimes feel this fear of judgment, but I want you to dig into and say, who is it? Like specifically, who are you afraid of judgment? And they'll usually come up with two or three very specific people. I'll be able to say, look, those two or three people are controlling your life right now. You're allowing them to control your life. I mean, how crazy is that when you really think about it? You're allowing these two or three people who most of the time you don't even really like. They're not even people that you love being around and you're allowing them to control your life. Or maybe they are someone that you really like and really look up to, but for for whatever reason, you just have to have a conversation with them. And during this part, when I get into this with adults, this is when tears start rolling. I mean, this is when people really start getting into like, wow, I need to have that conversation with that person. I need to talk to them. I need to say, look, I know that you, I know that you care about me. I know that you support me, but you know, the, the jokes that you've made in the past, it's just not funny. I, I, I know that, I know that you're just trying to ease, you're just trying to be funny but it's something that's really affected me. And, and, and I know that you care about me and that's why I'm talking to you about this. And I, I think that those conversations are really powerful, or maybe there's someone in your life that you know, that they love you, that you know, that they care about you. And, and maybe they're just trying to protect you of 
protect you. They're not supporting you because they're trying to protect you from that, that feeling of failure. And, you know, maybe it's time to have a conversation with that person and say, Hey, look, I, I, I know that you have fear about me not succeeding. And, and truthfully, I do too. I do too. But I know that you are just trying to help me, but it's not really help. I, this really matters to me. I want to go and do this. And you know what? The best way that you could help me is if I do fail, that you just, you're there to help me, help me pick things up and, and move forward. But I know that you're, you come to them rather than, because I think a lot of times you go to a personal development thing and people leave with like, yeah, screw them. They're, they're not there to support. But like, people don't act that way. It, like you said, it's about them. And maybe it's about their fears. Or maybe they have like a twisted way of like, they love you. They care about you but they just don't want you to go through the same pain that they've gone through. And so like you can, when you approach a situation with seeing the best in someone and giving them the benefit of the doubt, instead of seeing all the what's wrong with them, your communication is going to go so much better. It's going to go so much better. And even if they're not supportive at the end of that conversation, at least you got it off of your chest Mm -hmm. and now you can move on with it. It's so powerful. I mean, it's, it's, it's really so true. I, there is, I, first of all, I love the idea of seeing the best in people because that that's something that I've been cultivating in myself for a very long time right now. At this point, for me, I always try to see the best in people as hard as that is sometimes, you know, because a lot of the times, yeah, the people who want you to fail, right. And these are usually your closest friends. Oftentimes they're afraid and not necessarily that you're going to fail, but they're afraid because it means that they should be doing more. It, 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 it scares them because they, they don't want you to do this because either A, they're, they're, they want to do it themselves and they're too scared to do it. So then you shouldn't do it either because then they'll feel bad if you're doing it, which is one thing that you- Takes you away know, their so- excuse. Exactly. It's, it's exactly that. They, they have no excuse now as to why they can't do it. And then of course, if you're doing it and then they decide to do it, then all of a sudden they're like, well- now everyone's going to think that I'm doing it just because he's doing it or she's doing it or so on and so forth. And the fact of the matter is, is that that's all ridiculous. It all means nothing. At the end of the day, I think I think you're so right. A lot of self-help or or motivational seminars, are, you know, you come away with, yeah, well, screw them. I don't want to, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and 100%, yes, you should come away with, I'm just going to do what I want to do, but not with a screw them mentality. It's got to be just, hey, listen, man, I love you. This is what I'm doing. Support me or don't. I love you. I believe in you. I know that you believe in me too. So let's, let's yeah. move forward from this, this place of power, this place of strength. I think it's just so, so important. I want to touch, I want to circle back on something real quick because you had mentioned when you started the group that you were giving away content and giving away content and giving away content. And, and actually in the group, I saw some, there was a post recently where someone was like, well, no, no, don't give away the content because then they won't come. And, and that's, that's a real concern that some people have is that, well, if I give everything away for free, then what do I have left to give, right? Yes. And and I just want you to touch on that real quick because I know personally that the more you help people, the more they're going to want you to help them. And so if you show them that it works, right, then then of course they're going to come to you for more. But there is a genuine fear amongst a lot of people who are just like, well, I can't give it away for free because then what are they going to pay for? Mm-hmm. So what do you say to people who come who come from that that honestly, fear-based and, and, and small perspective. Yeah. Well, for, first of all, before we even just talk about the effectiveness of it, because I don't even think that what I'm about to say really matters that much, but let's just look at it logically. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that no matter how great you think that your content is, no matter how original you think it is, no matter how brilliant you think it is, it's not, it's not <laughs> that original and it is already available for free somewhere else. It's already available for free on the internet. There's already a YouTube video. If people search around for it, they can find exactly what you're talking about, or at least can get the same result that you're offering with maybe a little different approach. But when we think about our content, our, our intellectual property as being so precious, anyone who has that attitude, I know immediately they're going to fail when they say like, oh, my, my stuff is so good. And they think that the way they're going to be successful is because, well, of course they're going to be successful. My stuff is so good. They go, yeah, you're, you're not going to succeed because you don't understand. Well, first of all, you think your stuff is that 
powerful and that unique when it's not. We're all standing on the shoulders of giants, all of us. Everyone is borrowing from things that they've learned in the past. Um, so that, that's first and foremost. Now let's get into in a free world where so much content is free, we got to look at it and say, well, why would they pay for something? Why would they actually pay for something when everything is free? When all content, all information is available for free, why would we pay for something? They're paying for connection with someone. They're paying for support. They're paying for someone holding their hand through a process. They're paying for a community that they're a tighter knit community. They're paying for an experience. They're paying for maybe a very specific step-by-step result. I'm not, I'm not saying that use your social media like you would a, a group coaching program where you're taking them through, you know, everything step-by-step in a sequential manner. But what I'm saying is don't hold things back. Like I, I've done interviews before with people where I ask them a question. They're like, well, I can't give away the secret sauce. And I'm like, nah, this interview's done. I don't even want to do it anymore. <laughs> like I've even said that not, not on a live interview. That's a whole, in a live interview, I'll be like, I don't, I don't really think that's the case. Like, I think, I think you have a scarcity mindset on this. Like, I don't think that that's the case, but you know, I've had people where I've literally been interviewing someone and that's their thought. And it was for something that would come out later. And I just stopped the interview, right? We're on a different page. Not, we're not in the same place because if you can't give away your secret sauce on an interview or on like a, a short video, like that kind of thing. If you're afraid of giving away too much, then you don't have enough to give anyway. Like you're, you're not that deep of an expert. If that was it, if you're just holding back some like five minute little clip, like then like you need to know more about what you're doing. But anyway, what they are paying for step-by-step guidance, they're, they're, they're paying for individual attention. They're paying for some kind of system. They're paying for some kind of service. They're paying for connection. They're paying, they're paying to have that expertise that you have on their side. They're paying because they don't want to learn everything that you've learned. The thing is, when you're putting out content for free, most of the time, what you're proving is how much you know. I mean, you're proving how much you know. My father-in-law ran a financial advising business. And when he started this business, he started doing these free seminars in a couple different towns that were close to his area. And he'd do these free seminars and he'd tell me, he said, he'd just give away everything, give away, tell him exactly what he does, tell him exactly what he does. And he'd say, there'd be one or two people that were there that would take that and then use it themselves. Great. I don't really want to deal with those kind of clients anyway, because they're going to micromanage me. And so it doesn't matter. But he said, everyone else, whether they ended up working with me or not, their thought was, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And it's a lot more than I want to learn. I know that this guy knows what he's talking about and has spent decades learning this. And so now I can trust him. I know him. I already know him because I've spent this day with him. Now I believe that I, I can trust him because he knows what he's talking about. And I like the guy too, because wow, he invited us here. I didn't pay anything to be here. He gave away all this content. He told us exactly what to do. What a great guy. I trust him. I like him. I know him. I'm going to do business with him. It's the same thing with our content online. They're going to get the content for free anyway. You might as well be that resource. You might as well be that resource for them to get that content. And what we're really doing is we're using it as a vehicle to grow our audience. We're using it as a vehicle to grow the audience. And then we're also using it as a vehicle to get that know, like, and trust. And ultimately, when I'm talking about what they're paying for, they're ultimately paying for a result. And most of the time, if people are not invested in something in some way, shape, or form, they're probably not going to get that result. Some people do. There are some people who will just dig through everything and will actually get that result. But for most people, if they have not taken the step to say, I'm actually going to invest in this, I'm going to you know, go through this person's system and I'm going to work with them and I'm going to get this done, that's when they get the result. And that, that's really all it comes down to. So the more you give, the more you're going to receive. And just, just trust me on that. And just try it. Just see what happens. If you don't believe me, just try it for two or three months and see what happens at the end of that. I think it's, I think it's first of all, so true. And it's really amazing what happens when you open yourself up and give from a place of 
and you know, when I when I when I use the terms love or fear, it's because those are really the only two emotions that exist, right? Any positive thing comes from love, any negative thing comes from fear. And if you really, really like zero down in on it, you will find that that's the, the, the source of all the things. All the things is either love or fear. And when you come from a love place and you come from a, you know what? I just trust. I trust. I know I'm doing what I can do for people. When you come from that perspective, it just helps in every aspect of life. I mean, I know that right now we're talking about growing business. We're talking about, you know, speaking and coaching and all that wonderful stuff. And it is wonderful stuff. But at the end of the day, this applies to relationships. It applies to friendships. It applies to lit parenting, everything. It applies to everything. If you come from that place of, I'm just going to give as much as I can with no expectation of anything at all. I just want to help. If you come from that soul perspective, it's amazing how things open up and change. Because how many people out there listening right now, when someone is honestly helping you, do you ever look up and go, ah, screw that guy? No, you're just like, well, how can I do something for them? It's always the response. Or how do I get more? How do I, how do I, I want more. Like that, that's the thing. You were just talking about how this applies to everything in life, right? Relationships and things. And my grandfather was a psychiatrist focusing uh, primarily on, on families, working with family therapy. And one of the things that, that he always said about relationships, he says, well, people always talk about 50-50, but there's no way. It needs to be 100-100. You need to give 100% with zero expectations. And a lot of people hear that and go like, well, no, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I can't do that. I need to protect myself. Well, and if that's the case, then then maybe we need to talk about that relationship, whether <laughs> it's working or not. But you need to be giving of everything without any expectation. And the more that you give, the more that you receive. And this is just how it is in life. The more that we give, the more that we, re- we receive. If you want more help in life, in your life, start helping some people. You know, like it's, it's well, what's that story? Uh, children's story with the their big the like chicken like it's like a it's little yeah. red hen yeah 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 and she <laughs> she wants every oh i'm baking this this is it cake or something i'm baking this cake plucking the bread. corn shucking the corn processing the corn and making the cornbread yeah yeah and they're asking everyone do you want to help 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 and no one wants to help and then but they all want that cornbread at the end right they all they all want the cornbread at the end and I think she turns them away and says, well, it's only for the people who helped or whatever. But like, the thing is, is like, you just see what happens if you help everyone who anytime, so, if you become the guy that anytime someone needs help with something that's not fun, like manual labor, like helping people move, like, can you help this person move? Can you do this? Just be that guy who serves and serves and serves and serves. And then when you need something, People just show up. People show up and are willing to help. But if you're never doing it, if you're never the one who is there, you're not going to get that in return. You know, it's just just not going to happen. So I, I have this cousin who it doesn't matter what time it is, doesn't matter. You ask for help, he will be there. He will just be there no matter what. And if he calls and asks me for help, I, it doesn't matter what, I'm, even though, even though there would be some some people where I wouldn't go as far out of my way. I wouldn't go as far out of my way. Maybe I have to cancel something. Maybe I have to do whatever. I wouldn't necessarily do that. But for him, hey, you know what? He's been the guy who's been there no matter what, no matter what happens. So I'm going to do that in return. And so it's just, it's just the more you give, the more you get. That's just, it's just a, a true principle in life. And I think a lot of people believe that in life, but then when it comes to business, they, for some reason, think it's different and it's not like, it's just, it's exactly the same. It's really powerful. And it's, and it, it really is so true. Business life, all of it, it's all relationships. There's no, there's no, there's no secret. There's no secret level. I mean, you know, being in the entertainment business, I'll, I'll admit back in the beginning of my career, I remember thinking about getting an agent or whatever. And it was this lofty outside of myself, weird kind of like, oh, if I get an agent, everything will be okay. Or, you know, when you go to an audition or whatever it is, you you put it all up on that. You build it into this huge event or situation in your mind that it just is not. 
really what it all comes down to with an agent client relationship is the relationship part. Do you, do you work well together? Do you have, first of all, I mean, obviously you have to have the skills and talents and abilities, so on and so forth to do what you need to do, but that that's, that's, you know, relevant for any job that you're going to go into. You can't be a psychologist with, with like, you know, uh, bipolar disorder and, and, and schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder. You're going to be a really bad psychologist if that's your, if, if that's what you've got going on, you know what I mean? Especially if it's untreated, you know what I mean? Uh, well, I mean, if it's fully treated, obviously then, then yeah, cause I was going to say, there's plenty of people get into, get into psychiatry, psychology because of, you know, they're helping themselves more psychologists than psychiatrists, but but I get what you're saying. If it's an extreme, yeah. thing, that's a, that's a different story than I'm. Yeah. I'm more saying like, if you're, if you're a, a blistering alcoholic, you can't help someone else get sober because you're still, Ooh. you're still on the sauce. I used a bad example. Let me, let me backtrack real quick because <laughs> you know, no, because mental health is really no joke. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's a thing. And, and honestly, I truly believe that most of us have at least something going on because nobody's perfect. Right. No, but at all- the end of at the end of the day, it's all relational, right? You have to be able to, you know, obviously do the job at hand, right? You can't, you can't pour concrete if you don't know how to mix concrete, right? Yeah. So, so you have to know how to do the job, but then the rest of it is all relationships. It's all just about getting along with the people, doing what's expected of you in the relationship, because there's contractual obligations in every relationship that there is, right? 100%. But at the end, but at the end of the day, it's all people. And people forget that it's all people. We've all made this up. It's, you know, it's all people. And, you know, I was actually, I was just on a, an interview right before this, a, a different interview. And, and we were talking about this topic and he was talking about, you know, building an online business and all that kind of ideas. And I said, look, I'm not an internet marketing expert. That's not how I see myself. I see myself as a communication and relationship expert. And I just happen to do it on the internet. Like that, that's it. It's, it's, this is just a tool for communication. And if you start thinking, uh, Gary Vee said something really interesting. He said, in a world that's looking more and more like the Jetsons, the people who are acting like the Flintstones are the ones who are succeeding. And what he's meaning by that is just this, this long, long, you know, centuries of our modern day communication styles, you know, using tools for communication. It's, it, it's just about communicating with people. You know, that's it. It's just about communicating and building relationships. And the thing is, is that the strategies that work today well would have worked in the 60s as well. Because it's just about communication and building relationships. Granted, you couldn't do it on the same scale because to reach and, and earlier, and I realized we never came back to this, but earlier you were saying, why did I get into you know shifting things to online? A lot of it had to do with you know, wanting to, you know, get off the road so much and be able to be home more. But the bigger thing was, I realized that there is the most powerful tool that we have ever had in human history. And I wasn't taking advantage of it. And that's, that's this, this tool of the internet. The internet gives us the ability to communicate in ways that would have cost astronomical amount amounts of money just a few short decades ago. You know, to be able to have something you know, to, to, to have a, an ability to broadcast, it doesn't even matter if there's people watching it or not, just to have the ability, just the distribution to be able to broadcast in another country, um, that, that, that would cost just astronomical amounts of money to be able to do. I mean, think about it. It wasn't that long ago before every, it wasn't that long ago since every news station only had the regional reach. And when something was syndicated, they actually sold VHS tapes to other places, and then they played that VHS to where they only had distribution. I mean, we're, we're only looking at you know, the 80s, 90s is when cable started, and even then cable was so small. It was all just regional. Radio was regional. You know, and, and consequently, you look at today, you look at, like for instance, pretty much every radio station is going to be the same city to city. You know, You don't have a lot of regional stars like you you used to have like regional bands regional acts and you kind of don't have that anymore because we've kind of all homogenized to where and i and i know i've gone i've gone high schools and middle schools in 43 states and i can tell you that the differences between those different states is 
quite little, actually. I mean, they're wearing the same t-shirts because they're all distributed at Target and Walmart and Kohl's and stuff like that. So they got the same, same, uh, this, the same like band t-shirts. They got the same, like even, even the same like fashion. It's the same fashion because they're all doing the same stores. They're all connected. They're all listening to the same bands. They're all listening to the same artists. They're all watching the same movies. They're all, they even have similar language where I know not that long ago, we had a lot of regional slang and stuff, but there's a lot less of that today. Different, you know, similar thinking. You even look at generations. Well, you, you go back one generation, region to region, all of those people have very different thoughts, very different ways of thinking. Now, because we're all, you know, pe- people talk about uh, being, being cyborgs in the future. We're already cyborgs because <laughs> we, our brain is outsourced to this device that's in our, in our pocket. And so we all have very similar, like if you look at like the younger generation, they all have very similar beliefs across the board, very similar ways of thinking, which you might not have had, you know, just a couple generations ago, because you would have different ways of thinking within it, within a region. All of that to be said, pros and cons with this. But the point is, is that we have the ability to communicate to the entire world. Now it's our job to cultivate more people to actually listen, but just the distribution is so powerful and we have that to our ability. It's pretty amazing when you think about it, because, you know, looking back even just 10 years ago, it wasn't the same thing. Back in 2010, it was, I mean, that's when YouTube was like starting to rise. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. I'm, I'm off by a couple of years. I don't remember exactly, but. No, I mean, it existed before. It exists, I think, 2005, but you're right. It wasn't until like 2000, yeah, nine. Eight, nine, 10 that people actually started using it as individuals. It was more just distribution of bigger things or pirated content or really stupid cat videos. Right. It was, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that we have come into this global community which, which I think, you know, if you look at it on a trajectory before we wrap up, because honestly, Jake, I could talk to you all day, um, you know, if any, <laughs> but when you look at the trajectory, right, of course, it makes sense for the planet to become a unified human race, right? Because yeah. what, what this has done, you know, you talk that there's obviously pluses and minuses. And for me, the plus of everybody being able to like, look, the fact that we're communicating right now in this moment, we're, we're at least 20 miles apart, which is not a big deal, but we might as well be 100,000 miles apart. Not that that's possible, but you get the idea. We could be as far apart as uh, physically far apart as, as we want to be, but we're, we're really, we're sitting here having this conversation technically face to face. You can see you, you can see me. We're, we're talking. We've never been in the same room together ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, but I still know you and you still know me to an extent. And, and so it's, it's one of those things where I think that as a human race, as we evolve, it's so important to be able to come together like this, because, you know, if we do want to, let's say, explore the stars and the galaxy and all that stuff, we can't do that until we come together on this planet. And right now, even though we're able to communicate with each other on this level, we're still so divided and and I think that what this is doing is it's helping people realize, like you just said, how similar we really all are. Because at the end of the day, we all want love. We all want support. We all want to succeed. We all want peace and happiness. And, and, and everyone has those same basic needs and wants. And if we can all come together like that and realize, of course, that you're so much more alike to the person that you seemingly have issues with, your rival, I'm using air quotes for those of you listening right now. But if you could just realize that we're all so much more alike, you will be able to find that compassion so much more easily. You'll be able to give so much more easily without fear of retribution or ridicule or, you know, or fear of giving it all away as we've touched on on this show. So I wanted to say to, to wrap things up, what would be one thing that you would give my listeners right now to live their lives enhanced? And, and to be perfectly honest, if you all just go back and re-listen to this whole episode, we've got another one of these. There are so many things that Jake has talked about today that will help you live enhanced. And for one, the one that really stands out for me is is really all about, hey, listen, don't worry about what other people think. Don't let them rule your life. Go and do the thing that you were meant to do, that thing that drives you, that thing that makes you get up in the morning, that makes you feel so much passion. Go do it. It doesn't matter what people think because they're not living your life. You are. Yes. And, and with that being said, if I can add one more thing, it's something really simple. And what it is, is that 
we're talking about uniting people rather than dividing people. We need to focus on unity. We need to focus on uniting. And what that might mean is dropping your pride, dropping your pride of needing to be right. And you don't need to agree with someone. But right now in our world, being, uh, you know, we have an election coming up very soon. There's a lot of words that are going around about just because someone believes a certain way, we go, that guy's an idiot. This person's a moron. Like, what are they thinking? And if we can just get to the point, like what you said of saying, we all want the same things. And for some reason, we have different ways of going about it. Now we can discuss that. But I think that the vilifying of the opposite side, and it doesn't matter what side someone's on, but the vilifying of, you, you could even say that maybe the leaders are, are you know, you could say, well, I don't agree with this leader because of this and that, and, and maybe they're corrupt or whatever. And that, that's a totally different story. But the individuals, if we are to call someone a moron and an idiot just because they believe a certain way, we are now divide. We're no longer saying that we all want the same thing and just have a different approach to it. Now, we might come to them with that approach and they might just argue, 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 and in which there's not much we can do about it. But if we just look into, huh, interesting, I wonder why they think that way. I wonder why they, is there something I can learn from them? Is there something that I can learn and become stronger? And, and maybe all I learn is that I believe in my side even more. Maybe that's what I learned from it. Maybe what I learn is, oh yeah, I definitely do believe this because of this, this, and this. Or maybe I could, I could just have empathy for other people. And it's if we can just focus on uniting rather than dividing. That's what the world needs today. In a world that's becoming more and more divided, yet we have all this technology that's here to unite us. Right now, it's dividing us more than anything. And my encouragement is always strive to be a uniter. Don't participate in all of the just craziness of people just dividing, dividing, dividing. Find ways to unite and and you're going to see really incredible things come from it. Wise words. I, I couldn't agree more. Jake, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, as always, it's so wonderful chatting with you. Thanks, man. What a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Enhanced Living Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach me directly at enhancedliving.net. Thanks for listening.